That's the one thing I miss about the dog is that it eats all the shit off the floor. Yes. So your house is, you know, looks cleaner than it actually is. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't have crumbs everywhere. Now, like, I mean, with the kid, I got to be, I got this little vacuum. I got to vacuum up after him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dogs are like a, like a, a, a nature's Roomba. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to The Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week, Jeremy Cohn and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. You may not be a punk anymore, but pour yourself a glass of horchata, dress yourself in bleeding madras, and settle in for 18 tracks of pure millennial dad rock bliss. Yah, hey! Vampire Weekend is back, next on The Radio Cure. Hey, Jerry. That was good. That was a reference-packed intro. Thank you. Very nice. I like old bands because I feel like I have a lot of, um, feel like I have a lot of material. I yeah, I guess it's there. probably hard to like be referential when it's like a band that like just appeared or. What yeah, I don't know all the with. lyrics and mm-hmm. stuff like that. No. Well, that's good. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of my favorite. I was pretty. I smiled after I wrote that. I was pretty happy with myself. That's good. Have you ever had horchata? Uh, I have. Mm-hmm. I only ever had it once, but I really enjoyed it. It's not a bad drink. It's a little, it can get a little grainy. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. There's kind of a, there's a consistency to it, a texture to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the general taste of it is pretty good. I, I, I'm a cold person. I think they do it hot or cold. I like the cold horchata better. Oh, I've only have ever you- had it. I don't, the, the only time I've had it, I think... Um, is it was definitely cold. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they do hot hot horchata. I could see that. It's kind of like a It's not something you, you want to drink if you're like thirsty, you know. No, it's not like chocolate milk. <laughs> it's a <laughs> thirst quenching chocolate milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I yeah, I get that. It's something more that you um Sip on. I wish it, it had an alcoholic, um, right? A, a liquor aspect. I, I'm sure you, you can make some sort of like. What do you put in there? I think you put rum in there, right? Yeah, yeah. A white Mexican? <laughs> huh? That's pretty good. We just, well, it, it, that's really good. We just peaked way too early in the episode. <laughs> Shut it down. The white Mexican. Yeah, I'd be that would yeah. be fucking delicious. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, do you do you keep it like Mexican then, and and do you like tequila? But I think tequila would not be good in there. I think no, I think you I, need a rum. Yeah, I think you need. I think it's a dark rum because that might get you that mm-hmm. like um, liqueur kind of taste that you get from the Kahlua, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When like a, yeah. like a rum and hot chocolate, that's a really good drink. Yeah, white Mexican. White Mexican. It's good. I don't know if that's racist or not, but that is a great, damn good name for a drink. It really is. Even if it's oh. not like actually good, like I think it would be, like mm-hmm. the drink itself. I mean, Th- this yeah. needs to happen just because of the name. I feel like somebody would see it on a bespoke ass like cocktail menu and be like, "Ooh, a white Mexican. That sounds good. I'm gonna try that." Right? Maybe I could. Yeah. Maybe if I looked long enough, I could find it in Brooklyn somewhere already. <laughs> 
Now we're way off topic and we got a lot to cover, but Oh um, God. If there was a celebrity that the drink would be named after, mm. who, who would you come up with? I've got a name, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> I, well, I hope so, because I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> um I'd call <laughs> Uh, I called a George Lopez. <laughs> oh God, George Lopez. It's good. It's topical. It is. I mean, this is this is a dad rock record. He's a he's kind of the Mexican dad. He's the he's Mexican dad, dad. He's got dad vibes. He was on one of those Mexican dad shows. He's like the uh, the Mexican Bill Cosby. Yeah, exactly. He had one of those shows. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's always constantly rolling his eyes at his family. Mm-hmm. Or I, mommy, or something, you know. <laughs> Just like these people. I can't believe I'm, I'm related to them. Catchphrase, I believe, was I caramba. I caramba. <laughs> that was those racist. So ra- those, those shows are racist. They're just so oh, like, out of the box, like exactly what you think that culture would be. They're mm-hmm. a caricature of their own culture. That's true. It's not our fault. No, it's not our fault. I, I grew up watching George Lopez shows. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I think it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So Mitsubishi Macchiato, finally out. Oh, Mitsubishi glad you that up. I totally forgot about that. That was title. like the code name or what have you for the album. Mm-hmm. Mishibishi Macchiato, working title in the parenthetical. I wish it would just be all of that. That's what I wanted two years ago when we were talking about this. The, oh, right. Like the uh, whole thing. It's, <laughs> yeah, well, this has been a very long journey for us. Yeah, it's been a long, strange trip uh, to make a Grateful Dead reference here for old Koenig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Thanks. The original jam band, probably. I don't know. <laughs> that, that sounds, sounds about right. It sounds right, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I don't think yeah. anyone's going to question me on that. No, that's unquestionable. Okay, good. But yeah, six years, and I'm pretty sure that everything that I said when the Rossum album came out is absolutely correct. And what did you say? We've covered many times before <laughs> that I don't remember and or listen. <laughs> I said that... One, the Rostam album, I was just counting the Rostam album as the next Vampire Weekend mm-hmm. record. And yeah. I still think I'm right about that. And two, I said, I think that he listened to the Rostam album, freaked the fuck out, and added like 10 more songs and took another mm-hmm. year uh, so that maybe like the the buzz about Rostam, the comparisons would not happen. And I have not read any comparisons in any of the reviews that I read to the Rostam album. I think it's, I think he's in the clear for that comparison. And I think it's, it's, I I don't even think that you compare this album to the other vampire weekend albums, which you compare it to is the Rostam album. Like Mm. who did a better job uh, with the legacy? Right, right, right. Um, Okay. So I have, like a Stephen A. Smith. No, not even Stephen A. Smith. Let's say let's go skip Bayless level hot take here. <laughs> you ready? Skip. Come on, skip. Come on, skip. I'll be I'll be Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot Stephen A and Skip aren't together anymore. That's too bad. No, Shannon, I don't even know if Shannon and Skip are together. That's who took it took over. 
That's right. That's right. Well, are you ready? Yep. Rostam leaving Vampire Weekend is the best thing that could have happened to them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like saying, that's like uh, Skip Bayless's take on uh, Tim Tebow being the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm. Remember yeah. he was on the Tim Tebow train so much? He was. And he's also, he's like also like permanently been on the anti-LeBron train, which is equally as yeah. ridiculous. Equally as ridiculous is what you said. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> now, here's, so obviously... Losing a bona fide musical genius mm-hmm. is not what you want to have happen, but no, that's like that's like the argument that Barcelona would be better without Messi because Messi takes too much of the ball and so they can play more as a team. Um, but what I feel like could I and of and of course this is obviously all hypothetical because mm-hmm. he did leave the band, but let's say he didn't. Do they switch up anything at all, or do they keep doing the Vampire Weekend thing, Um, which I think we would all enjoy because they're a fucking great band. But Mm -hmm. here's the problem. Modern Vampires of the City is their masterpiece, and they are never going to do anything that good again. And I believed that the first time I heard the record, and I believe it just as much today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just so, so what what what? So you're just gonna keep making records that aren't quite as good as that one? I'm not saying this one is as good as that one, but at least it's something different. And taking something very important away maybe makes you be more creative and do something more different mm-hmm. and interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that can be true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's here. I don't think this is it interesting at all. And I don't think it's okay. a great uh, direction to go. I've got two different um, uh, I got two different reviews that I cut up. And one is from Paste, and they gave it a 53. It was like yeah, the only one. It. The only one that said bad stuff about it. Yeah. Uh, like on a general level, on like a more... Complete level. And then I got the Steve Hyden one that you sent me, which I think mm. is a pretty glowing review of this. Yes, it is. Um, and um, the interesting thing is that they both come down on the side that it is something dad rock. It's something jam bandy, mm-hmm. country, yeah. you know, all of those kinds of things. But Hyden seems to think that this is a good way for uh, Vampire Weekend to mature. It's like to mature in, in, in this direction mm-hmm. and to move out of their um, childish success and to not touch it, um, you know, or I think what you would also say is taint it in some way yes. by trying to add add to it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, well, here, I'll read this from Pace and then I'll, I'll finish what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, after six long years, Vampire Weekend's fourth album is finally here. Upon first, second, and tenth listens, it's extremely hard to justify that long wait. Father of the Bride isn't anything short of an extreme misfire. One that misses the mark so terribly that it threatens to devalue their back catalog in the same way that everything now did to Arcade Fire in 2017. And <laughs> <That's our laughs> I, I think those are like the two different takes. Either you're preserving yeah. your back catalog by going in a completely different way, or 
if it's bad and not at all, it's disparate to your back catalog, then you could actually um, turn people off to it. Correct. I, well, the analogy I would make there is that I I honestly don't think that I can enjoy old Kings of Leon records anymore. Yeah, Kings of Leon is our kind of whipping boy uh, yeah. for this kind of for this kind of uh, transformation. Um, Ditching the chamber pop and world weariness of modern vampires of the city, Ezra Koenig and company return with a new sound that's looser and bouncier than ever before. A swing for the fences to be the album of the summer, one that would soundtrack road trips and barbecues across the country. But in doing so, they lose what made them so good in the first place. Unexpected and beautiful production and profound lyrics about contemporary life in a major city. An opt for sunny guitar licks and tired and frankly corny dad rock there are hints of those clever curveballs throughout but for every interesting moment there are three or four songs weighing them down entirely perhaps a reflection of Koenig's decision to include every dart throw across 18 tracks throughout father of the bride a record with half-baked political commentary something's happening in the country and the government's to blame thanks willie nelson and lazy wordplay all I do is lose, but baby, all I want's to win. I don't even, who would I say that? <laughs> Thanks, Bob Seeger. Uh, it feels as if Koenig turned away from what made his band so great in the first place, instead electing to adopt a sound that doesn't necessarily fit him and one that comes off as derivative and freq- frequently boring. That, that, that's harsh. <laughs> and rough, first of it? all, <laughs> what is extremely incorrect in that is both of those lines are very typical Ezra Koenig lines. You don't have to like them, but those lines could have been on any of their other albums before. Well, yeah, I, I didn't get into the lyrics. Um, I actually thought about taking that out because I didn't really listen to the lyrics. I was, okay. you know, um, it's 18 songs. It's hard to stay focused, you know? Yeah. On stuff. I it's did hear a few. lengthwise not a super long album, though, for being that many tracks. No, that is true. That's that's true. That's why it felt so kind of all over the place. I also thought that it would sound way more like a Vampire Weekend album if I was able to trim it down to like nine, ten songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even thought about doing um, a cut for everyone, but I... I didn't get around to it, but I mean, there's just songs that I'm like, all right, if you take this out, this is so much less offensive to me. If you take out like these four songs, but that's, that's one of the things I think that's interesting about it is these like weird little oddities sprinkled throughout, which is not something they've Mm -hmm. ever done before. So, okay. I think we, this is, this could be a radio cure first. It's always a first to you. Is the, yeah. I think that's all that really matters, ultimately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have I ever loved an album that you didn't like that we've reviewed on this show? I can't remember one uh, in recent history. Because I'll... Let me me say this now before we proceed. After several... So my first, like, listen through, I was like, "Mm, okay, that's fine. I don't care that much, blah, 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 blah. But now that I've listened to it several times a day over the last few days, I think this is a legitimate album of the year contender for me. Mm. Sorry, it, it feels like Stockholm Syndrome to me. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I just uh, and and I what I did was I immediately went back and listened to Rostam, mm-hmm. and because I was trying to think, I was like, what would a mature Vampire Weekend sound? I think it would sound like the Rostam, and my. My example is Radiohead, because I think that Vampire Weekend could have been a Radiohead if, if, if it stayed together with Rostam, where they could have, like I say, I think, what did I say, three, four? Four different iterations of themselves that all absolutely sound like Radiohead. And so when you come out with Kid A, we come out with OK Computer, Kid A, and Amnesiac, and then basically say, okay, we're going to, we're going to finish this off mm-hmm. and then move on. I mean, in Rainbows and The King of Limbs and Moonshape Pool are all great works, but they are all very Radiohead works. And they're very different from Kid A. They don't take anything away from Kid A, but they don't compromise their sound either. Right. I, but I don't, I don't think this compromises their sound. It I think this is, still, this is still distinctly Vampire Weekend. But it's them being weird and different because maybe they were forced to because their musical genius left. And I just think that it actually worked out extremely well. Mm. Yeah, I just I, I he I mean, just go back and listen to the Rostam album. I don't know how much you're into well, that album. I, 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 I thought it was very good, but you were definitely more high on it than me. And I have yeah. gone back and listened to it. Yeah. It's an amazing album, and I think it is a mature, a more mature um, Vampire Weekend sound. I, I don't think it's as, um, as 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 bright and effervescent as like the early stuff is. And I think that if something in between this and Rossum's album had come out, I think that would have been perfection. So you know that Rossum was a producer on one of these tracks, right? Yeah, I take a guess just based on the sound. Rich man. No, it was it's actually Harmony Hall. Harmony Hall. Yeah. Man, Which surprised what that me. Would, what that would sound like without him. I like Harmony Hall. I like a lot of these songs. No, I I, I, I love Harmony Hall. I just yeah. I'm just like of all of the tracks on here, that would, honestly I think would have been one of the last ones I thought that he was involved in. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, if you said Trey Anastasio was a part of <laughs> Harmony Hall, I'd uh-huh. be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly that, what that sounds like. <laughs> As I, and a big thing for me and my love of Vampire Weekend 2 is I fucking love Ezra Koenig's voice so much. <laughs> Yeah, and he he has just such a way with words too. He's he's a total wordsmith. Koenig is, and I've always loved that about him. Yeah. I um, uh, we should definitely get into the record. Oh um, yeah, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should read the Steve Hyden part too to give a little bit of a balance to it. Um, Father of the Bride is the is a domestic album, a mature album, an album made by and for adults, the FUBU of white people, if you will, about what happens. <laughs> When you don't die young or Diane young, that's a good dad joke there, Steve. Yeah, good job, Steve. Have to to find a way to negotiate a more settled life. I realize that all of this might make some people recoil. It's true that Vampire Weekend has aged into a dad rock band. The jam band indulges of 
Harmony Hall have already been well documented, but the bluesy guitar tone on Unbearably White sounds unmistakably like John Mayer. <laughs> I love how that's like an okay thing for him to say. Uh, elsewhere, the unplugged numbers resemble not the Graceland pastiche of old, but the witty and fatalistic ruminations of Paul Simon's 2010 albums. Fair warning, the upwardly mobile millennials who grew up on Vampire Weekend records that seemingly synthesized the most forward-thinking elements of hip, early 21st century indie pop, might feel slightly middle-aged after hearing Father of the Bride. True. <laughs> True words have never been spoken. Of course... Koenig is too Kenny to ever completely forsake modern pop for old dude record collector rock. Young bucks like Blood Pop, DJ Dai, I don't know, Childish Gambibo, collaborator Ludwig Goronson, oh. and Steve Lacey of the indie R&B band The Internet make vital contributions to The Father of the Bride along with trusted longtime producer Ariel Rechstorstorm. Something the, like that. Vampire Weekend has a penchant for working with people with really hard to pronounce names. I know. <laughs> Rostam, Batman, Gleet. You're still Get doing good down. with that one. I, yeah, I, I, was, I was reading it earlier today, and I was like, yep, don't try and say that. <laughs> uh, Steve Lacey, I like the internet, and I like that mm -hmm. like in these songs. But it still is just like, I don't know. It just seems, that's why it makes it seem like a solo album because he's got all these people featuring on it. The guitars mm -hmm. sound, don't sound like Vampire Weekend guitars. They have like a different pedal on them or something, you know, a different um, filter well, on I th them. I, I feel the, like they do at times. Uh, there are certainly sure. moments where they don't. Yeah. But I don't. And but that's. I don't know. That's. It's interesting. No, you're on Steve Hyden's side. He he traded in the harpsichord, the whimsical harpsichord mm -hmm. of pretentious preppy, you know, Ivy League boys for just a regular piano and a slide guitar. You know, like yeah, that's that's his choice, and I don't like it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I that yeah, that's the fundamental difference. I really do like it, and I mm -hmm. and I just my my insane. Hot take. I'm kind of serious about it because I just feel like if Rossum were still there, they would have just made albums that were probably still really good, but they would have been kind of similar to Modern Vampires, but not as good. Mm. Yeah, I just, yeah. I think anyway. that, I think that, um, Rossum is a kind of a summer album too. I mean, summer is the first song. Oh, that is such a summer album. That's perfect you know? for summer. And so if they were wanting to, to lighten up from, uh, like the darkness of modern vampires, um, which yeah. they'd have here in this like Coachella mix CD. Nathan, don't be out. hateful. <laughs> <laughs> You're hurting my feelings. <laughs> Please welcome DJ Dahi to the stage. <laughs> and just see him bring out all his friends for the different, you know what I mean? Like, there's always like friends, you know, how they have sometimes they have like friends of so and so. Yeah, yeah, featuring yeah. Featuring friends of, you know, <laughs> I can tell him, I can see him rolling out all kinds of people. Uh, over this um, festival season. Friends for days. Stage. Friends for days. 
Just a big old hippie jam fest up there. <laughs> <laughs> now, Hold You Now, the first song, you picked this. It's it's uh, with the Hain, Haim woman, one of the Haims one sisters. Of them. Danielle. Sister. Yeah, Danielle. Um, honestly, I their little Johnny and June Carter Cash shit was great. I mean, right? in like, its own classic, place. Like classic call and response type of duets. Yeah. Yeah, and it's in its like I said, in its place. These songs don't bother me. They bother me as a follow up to Modern Vampires. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the first one was was sufficiently weird enough. I was like, okay, I'm on board right now. I can get on with this. You know what I mean? They have mm-hmm. some some kind of like Phil Spector, let it be kind of bullshit where he's kind of saying all right, or they they do like little blips like that throughout the whole thing. Where they add, I dig a pygmy by Lord <laughs> you know, kind of all that bullshit that Spectre put into his stuff. I, <laughs> Going after Phil Spectre now? Yeah. <laughs> He's a good man. <laughs> and the chorus is very Vampire Weekend. It has yeah. that kind of chamber poppy kind of uh, feel to it. Uh, and then. You know, she comes in with the Dixie Chicks kind of slide guitar feel on the second part. I know the reason why you think I ought to stay. Funny how you're telling me on my wedding day. Crying in those rumpled sheets like someone's about to die. You just watch your mouth when talking about the father of the bride. It's not a bad song, and I and it, it had some blendy, weird kind of things like mustard and chocolate or whatever Steve Hyden said. <laughs> right, <laughs> that wasn't there, which also grossed me out. Just like the eating boogers talk <laughs> that may not actually be in this episode. So if it's not, don't worry about it, everyone. Don't worry about the boogers. Don't worry about those boogers. Um, <laughs> I really like how it seems like the song is over like four times. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. It's- I like. Especially the first time that the music like and his voice totally cut out. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that was like a tiny little like yeah, intro it's a great ditty. opener. Conceptually, it's a great opener. Yeah, for sure. And then you go into the jam band phase of the situation. The big, the jam bandiest of the jam bands phase, don't you think? From like Harmony Hall to. Um, Gambino or Bambino or Bambi's mom. What was it? Uh, it had to be Bambi's mom, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's Bambina. <laughs> Bambina, yeah. <laughs> and then Big Blue is a, is kind of mm-hmm. a, a weird little uh, jam bandy song, too. And it comes to Unbearably White, which the funny thing about this story is that we were kind of listening it together yeah. on Friday morning. Yeah. And and I, I texted you before I had gotten to this song, I had texted you. <laughs> it just sounds so white without Rostam yeah. in the band. <laughs> and then the very next song that came up was unbearably white. It's like that is that is the statement of that's what I think about this record. It's unbearably white. There's nothing world about it. That's the th- it was like world fucking world cafe up in here with Rostam. You know? <laughs> oh I think that's incorrect to say there's nothing world about it. You, got, you still got some of the African drum beats and shit in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is it is certainly way less frequent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I said it was sultry in a John Mayer way. I, 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 I agreed. 
uh, with Haydn on that point, I'd feel like slow dancing in a burning room when I listen to it. Mm. <laughs> Baby, I love you, but that's not enough. And pulling away has been unbearably bad. I ran up the mountain out of your side. The snow on the peak was just unbearably wide. But yeah, that it has that kind of white guy bluesiness to it. Yeah, it's like a very groovy for a pretty slow mm-hmm. song. Um, yeah. There's some like island vibes in there, which is, mm-hmm. again, very consistent with Vampire Weekend sound. Just need to point that out. <laughs> well... Now, see, I, it, it had a, more of an island vibe to it, and I have always thought of Vampire Weekend as having, like, a beachy feel to it. Yeah, but, like... West you know Gate, what I mean? Like, the difference? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, th- this is certainly more beachy. We're, like, we're like off, the, off the Contig 48, and we're on to, like, you know, Bermuda, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to <laughs> take it to... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's kind of like a beach boys kind of follow-up once uh brian wilson left the band <laughs> <It's a> good- <laughs> I like every compliment you've given these songs that you claim to like have been so backhanded <laughs> <laughs> it's really remarkable <laughs> uh, thank you see just don't get on my bad side you, not, you know, the listeners haven't heard me not like something before I know. Well, this is fun gracious. for me too. Um, mm-hmm. I really like in Unbearably White that little uh, breakdown with uh, mm-hmm. like the bass and like yeah. what is that a bongo drum? I don't know some sure. drum you hit yeah. with your hands. Mm-hmm. Definitely I think bongos. that's a really nice moment. Kind of builds into uh, his vocals, kind of layered on top of each other. Really, mm-hmm. you like get some it. strings back. Yeah, we get some uh, strings. Uh, they. They didn't sound as like Victorian as the old mm-hmm. uh, Vampire Weekend strains, but definitely, you know, the strains vibe is is totally Vampire Weekend to me. Yep, yep. And then Rich Man, unless you had some more to say on Unbearably White. No, that's fine. We got to move it along here. We're at like we fifty-one ha- we damn minutes. We do. Rich Man is clever. I really like the the, the the way that he lays down the lyrics here. There's a lot of places where that feels like nostalgic to me for old Vampire Weekend. Um, it For me, it feels the most Vampire Weekend. It feels the most chamber to me. Um, just, yeah, the witty, the witty way of giving the line uh, is here that he has. Um, it it, it kind of feels like one of those uh, dance parties uh, or those party dances that you do in like a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> You know, any of the women on one I, side and the men on the other side. I don't know specifically this reference you're making, but it does make sense in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm on board with this. <laughs> 10,001, could I possibly bet? I'm compelled by your love and I haven't lost yet till you're the one. But it's not like a, a hoedown. It's like they come together and they twirl around and touch their hands, then move mm. away. Yeah, you know. I like 
I like how the music sounds like very like vintage. Like it should have mm-hmm. like record scratches in it, except that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Not like a hip hop yeah. record scratch. Like a crackly no, no, record. I get you you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, crackly. Yeah, crackly. <laughs> I like that. And I feel like the lyrics, maybe not so much as delivery of them, but the lyrics make me think of like kind of like clever, like old school, like Bob Dylan type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's flipping, flipping the idea of the rich man. And I think it's the most successful song on here in terms of like a blending, like you're saying, like the, uh, Mm -hmm. this new way of him going and, but still having some semblance of, uh, the old feel to it. Right. I really like, he said he didn't listen to the lyrics, which is insane because that's like usually one of your main things. But I really like the line, uh, one rich man in 10 has a satisfied mind and I'm the one. That's yeah. classic Ezra. <laughs> that is classic Ezra. Supposedly, I read in one of the reviews that I was reading that that is a flipping of an old saying. Oh, I saw uh, that too. From another, mm-hmm. from another um, band or singer or something. Yeah. And, and yeah, and uh, the song uh, This Life, which is what I was attempting to reference before, and then I realized mm. I was out of place here, um, <laughs> is uh, he, another classic Ezra move, uh, the the line, uh, you've been cheating on me, but I've been cheating on you, blah, 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 blah whatever. Apparently yeah. that's from an old hip hop song, which I did not You've been know. cheating on me, I've been cheating on you. Yeah, been cheating on cheating on you. That's what it is. And then I've been cheating my way through this life, which I thought was a a great way to end that. You've been cheating on me. I've been cheating on cheating on you. Yeah. I've been cheating on this life or something. I've been cheating on cheating my way through this life. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is is very fun. Very classic Ezra Mm -hmm. to kind of like flip something that already exists and then also an acknowledgement of one of the reasons people didn't like Mm -hmm. this band from the beginning is that they're fucking entitled. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It just, it has a, has a, um, has a kind of, it's just a weird thing to, for it to be mainly duets. I mean, there was a lot of duets on this thing, not mainly Mm -hmm. because there's 18 songs. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's mathematically incorrect, but also you are right. There's a lot of duets (laughs) on here. (laughs) Yeah. Just a different feel to me. I I, I keep saying that. I'm sorry, but that's okay. I, I, I really like the duets and, and, and again, to, for me to say the exact same thing again, I am just glad it's fucking different. Mm -hmm. Cause you're not going to match peak vampire weekend. It's never going to happen. No, I I mean, that's why I wish they actually had just broken up and then Koenig released his um, solo album mm-hmm. and Rostin released his solo album. And then like once every five years, they get back together and they only play those sure, three yeah, I, awesome fucking albums yeah. uh, in, in concert. And I don't I have to sit through Harmony Hall, you know. And You said you like, liked oh. it. <laughs> no, I just mean like every like if we if I went and see saw these guys this time every time there a new one would come on I'd be like okay beer run who wants one I'll go you know well then I, like, need to to the, I need you to take I need to take you you need see me them. to go with you yeah <laughs> <laughs> I need a beer man <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll definitely do it 
So Stranger's the last one. That that's uh that's the one you picked. I again, good song. Cross between Paul Simon and Cat Stevens, uh, with a little smattering of Jimmy Buffett in there. Uh, that's why I, I feel like he's a he's on the Jimmy Buffett side of things of like that island feel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> this is my favorite uh, song on here. It's so yeah, glorious. It's, I mean, it's like it's a great. It's gonna be a great festival song. And it, it's like it's just like pure like happiness in song form. And I feel like this enters the summer road trip hall of fame. You have to have this on your road trip pr- playlist if it's happening in the summer. Yeah, and if people go on road trips anymore, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know either. Happens. I would like to. I feel it like it's more of a. I feel like they do more destination shit. You know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. all like in, in, you know, Vegas or something? Yeah. <laughs> or like Baja California or something. I don't now, know why I said that with an Asian accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting choice. <laughs> um, tell me you don't think you'd love the horns and the piano in this song. Things never been stranger. Things are gonna stay strange. I do. The, the one thing that makes me miss is the harpsichord. I'm like, he just, you need a, it's all you, just <laughs> piano work. You need that harpsichord. I need that harpsichord. I, That's really I just want to wear a powdered wig and dance a little jig, you know, with my lady in mm. like King Louis court to <laughs> old vampire weekend. That's what I want. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Call me old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> See, you you're you're like you're you're taking a dad stance yet rejecting the dad transition here. Yeah, fuck the you. The dad stance is oh this they were so much better in my day. <laughs> well, it's just like I feel like Haydn was just telling me the whole time just like grow up, grow up. That that time's over. Stop. Just stop. That time's over. You know, turn in your ACDC t-shirt and your Mustang <laughs> and grow the fuck up and start listening to ju- douchey jam band music like the rest of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't want to grow up. Leave me alone. I can listen to whatever I want to listen to. I can still wear skinny jeans. Fuck I, you. Fuck you, Steve Hyden. One billion percent agree with your stance here, I, but I reject it as a reason to not like this album. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. As long as we agree in principle. Yeah, we always agree in principle, I think. Yeah, sure. Sure. That's what it feels like. That's what I like to say about it. I know. I, mean, I just said that. I put no thought into it, but... It, <laughs> Again, it seems like it might be right. <laughs> so can we talk about a few of the old ones? We usually do yeah. like a little retrospective on bands that we haven't talked about since the pod started. Yes. Which is true uh, of, of this band. And basically I, I had to go back through anyway to kind of take an Ace Ventura shame shower. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen, I think I only ever saw Ace Ventura like once, so I don't get that reference, but the term <laughs> shame shower is amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, he's like he's like crying and and yeah. like in the shower because he kissed the uh, kissed the um, commissioner who was dressing up like a woman but was an actual dude. Oh, okay. So it's probably viewed as problematic at this point. Yeah, now that I come to think about it, it probably doesn't age well that you would freak out that much about kissing a dude, you know? Yeah. I mean, sure. come on. Just I mean nowadays well, it'd be like, I kissed a dude and I liked it. <laughs> Sorry, man. The the nineties were a wild time. It's it's Nady Perry. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I uh, I cleansed myself of the father of the bride, the Mishibishi Macchiato. Uh, I cleared it from my system. Well, I'm happy for you. Real quickly, before we move on to this, have we just failed absolutely everyone by not making any references to movie Father of the Bride? Well, the one thing I was gonna—I was thinking about doing—is refusing to call it "Father of the Bride" and going with Mitsubishi Macchiato because I felt like it was a, doing a disservice to the Father of the Bride brand mm, I see. Uh, by this being associated with it. Like we, we should have. We have to talk about the cock. The cock. <laughs> we have to pick out the cock. Everybody has a cock. <laughs> I had in my head the uh, the hot dog button scene. Classic. <laughs> I loved Franck, too. Franck was just wonderful. Yeah, that was my impression of Franck there. Yeah, yeah. With the cock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's like, uh, that's like, uh, well, that's, that's um, Steve Martin in his dad phase. He had, like, graduated from <laughs> playing the lead to playing the dad. It was, like, his first dad movie. That's true. So it does make sense in that sense, I guess. I saw someone on Twitter synced up the album with the movie, <laughs> a la Dark Side of the Moon and, yeah. uh, and fucking Wizard, Wizard of, of Oz. Oz. Yeah. I never That's saw great. how it worked out for him. Well, I mean, you get high enough, anything works in that scenario, don't you think? That's true. And, and to even like decide to do that, he must have been incredibly high. So I'm sure mm -hmm. he had a great time. I'm happy yeah. for him. So I picked one song from each album that had an aspect of the old Vampire Weekend that I kind of missed from this album. Mm -hmm. huh? It's pretty good. Pretty good. Is it? Pretty good. Do you see that? Do you see that? These no. are my rebuttals. No, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> M79. M79. It is the definition of chamber pop. It is a genre-defining song for chamber pop. And that's what I miss from it. A uh, classic Vampire Weekend guitar sound, too. This is the one I keep going back to, and I'm like, that's a, that in an A-punk, too? Especially A-punk. Yeah. They have that that classic little, and everyone would say, well, that's, that's, that's youthful. You can't have that anymore. You gotta go to the acoustic guitar when you're older. Once you hit 30, you're not allowed to plug in, not allowed to plug in a pink teardrop electric anymore. A little time while you're waiting like a factory line. I'll ride across the park, backseat on the 79. Wasted days, you come to pass.
<laughs> Total prep boy shit. I don't think that it, it would last through to this album. I'm just saying sure. this is the kind of shit that I fell in love with. Yeah. So you were you were in on them with the first album, right? Because like it's it's well oh, yeah. documented that they were like very divisive, not yeah, for any I good up, reasons, but they were. I grew up with them. I I yeah. mean through college and my late twenties and all that kind of searching and wandering, I was right there with them. Yeah, um, that's why it, that's why you know it's almost offensive what Steve Hyden said is like at middle age after hearing Father of the Bride because it does it feels like it's like oh shit, I'm fucking old. Yeah. Because these guys are probably about my same age. And yeah, I, I heard um, we got the EP, we got the uh, single somehow before the record came out. Mm-hmm. It was Mansard Roof and um, God, probably was the other song Oxford Comma or A Punk, probably. Yeah, I think it was Mansard Roof and A Punk. Um, yeah. And we passed that around and then the, the record came out and we got it then. So yeah, it was it was straight off, just like Arcade Fire. I got their first album too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was so into this first record. Oh my god, my my favorite song from it was uh, Walcott. Yeah, a little more. I mean, I couldn't pick. I picked M seventy nine because I feel like that was the chamberiest of mm-hmm. the chamber pop kind of shit that they were doing back then. Yeah, and so I was like, that's what typifies it for me. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, there, there's nothing but good picks on that album. It's oh yeah. Oxford is probably my favorite on that record. Yeah. Um, and then uh, off of Contra, I picked I Think You're a Contra. Oh, uh, uh, that's what I would have picked. Yeah. That's it's a great one album. of my favorite songs of theirs, like across Absolutely. all albums. And uh, two things about this record, one or about this song. One, Vampire Weekend can end a fucking album. Oh my god, right? And I, and I I hope that you're just not so out on this new one that you don't acknowledge that the the end of this album is great. It is good. I said, uh, the kids don't stand a chance. Uh, Young Lion, I think you're a Contra, and even the even the this new one has a charm. It it's a great ender. Yeah, yeah it has more of that like uh, they're closers. And Contra is so fucking pretty, but yeah. also oh just that weird, unexpected thing that happens in Vampire Weekend over and over again. I think, and I think that I think you're a Contra. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's tough. Is, is my favorite Vampire Weekend song that is not on Modern Vampires in the City. <laughs> oh, that's a take. I don't know if it's a hot take, but... It's a take. Uh, it's a take. It's a take. There's a take there. <laughs> we got a take here. Also, unimportant, but side note, album cover for Contra, one of my favorite album covers of all time. Yeah, don't even get me started on this new one's album cover. It's just like, <laughs> it's basically saying, like, fuck you to the tradition that we had in Vampire Weekend. I am completely A tradition going- of epically awesome album covers. <laughs> yeah, and they all have a, a vibe to them. You know, yeah. they're like a almost like a Polaroid or like an early Instagram like filter on it kind of picture. Mm-hmm. And then just like some really simple type, you know. Yeah. Same font on uh, on the first two, at least. Oh, and I think mm-hmm. modern. No, vampires they go script. They go script on the vampires, modern vampires. Yeah, but they're but the name of the band, I think, is still the same font. I think so. I think you're right on that. I think you're contra. That you lie. 
So yeah, this this new look that they've got is like like late '90s um, Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, absolutely. Which which I mean, of course, is intentional. But but that's that sure. that would be what my one criticism is. You were three for three with dope ass album covers. <laughs> yeah, those are great album covers. Um, and then the other thing that I, I think you're a contra brings up for me is they have the most beautiful slow songs, obvious bicycle. Yeah. I stand yeah. corrected. Even Hudson has this mm-hmm. real eerie. It's like the beauty of like a dead person kind of beauty. You know what I mean? Like there's like this eerie oh, absolutely. beauty to it. But yeah, that they, they, it, it's those two things that I think your contra typifies of vampire weekend that I love. And then finally from now, I love all kinds of songs on modern vampires. You can make a, I'm not saying this is the best song. I'm saying yes. that this is my, probably my favorite, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the best one. Uh, step. And for, to me, this typifies his lyrical genius. Yes. How it all fits together uh, into this perfect picture of growing old, but it's like all of these like disparate image, anger, what, and, and like places in uh, Brooklyn, places in upstate New York, and just kind of places on, uh, in California, they just all kind of fit together so seamlessly, and it was it was one of Sarah and I's kind of song like pregnant songs. You know, you have mm-hmm. your like dating songs, and you have your wedding songs, and you have yeah. your pregnant songs. They're pregnant songs. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm stronger now. I'm ready for the house. Such a modern mouse, modest mouse. <laughs> I can't do it alone. I was gonna sing the rest of it, but I lost it. Uh, I can't do it alone. Yeah, and and the every time I see you in the world, you always step to my girl. Uh, again, mm. a reference to like an old hip hop song. Yeah, yeah. The gloves and love, the wisdom teeth that I put you on about. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. I'm stronger now. I'm ready for the house Such a modest mouth I can't do it alone I can't do it alone Every time I see you in the world You always step to my girl so I mean his yeah his his references his his um, the way that he kind of puts things together and I'm sure he does it on this new record too I'm sure that doesn't go away because that's the that's the Koenig part of yeah. this Rostman Koenig you know I a couple of, I I thought it was like Simon and Garfunkel going on with just Garfunkel <laughs> that's that's how the new one felt I was thinking of all these things again know? rude <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I think. We're trying to speak of now modern vampires is like this is a stupid thing to declare for like once you get older it's like what it's kind of stupid to say like favorite movie ever or whatever but mm-hmm. if I had to pick if I, like you know gun to my head type of situation modern vampires of the city is my favorite album of all time by anyone your desert island disc that is my desert island disc yeah. Um, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I don't know. Like I've, I've gone back and forth about the desert Island because mm-hmm. do you really want to be stuck with a Radiohead record on a desert Island? Like, 
You sh- yeah, you probably should factor <laughs> in tough. your frame of mind. When- it's tough, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is tough. Like a number of their albums would be like a good pick in theory, but then it's like, mm, mm-hmm. is this what I want to live with by myself? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think my personal favorite song on Modern Vampires is uh, "Don't Lie." Mm. Um, but I think if you're looking at this objectively, I think it's got to be either "Yahe" or "Step." Actually. The best song? The best song. Like On tr- there? Trying to mm-hmm. speak objectively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hannah Hunt would be close to. Unbelievers and Diane Young are some of the best pop songs, the indie pop songs that they wrote in their God. entire career. Well, that I mean, that's the thing. Like, track for track, this is, it's like, so unimpeachably great. Yeah, I, I get your feeling on it, how you're like, I'm so glad he went the opposite way. Yeah. Because this is just too good to even fuck with. Mm-hmm. Honestly, after listening to this, I, I, I'm sticking with my, I wish they had broken up and they both did solo records and then every once in a while came together and did a Vampire Weekend tour. As, as a hypothetical, I would have been fascinated to see what happened and I think... Mm-hmm. It probably would have turned out well, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I really, really, really like the new record. There are good songs on here. It's a bloated record. I actually probably would have liked it better if I could just amend it, just shorten it a little bit. Well, you can the, through the power of technology. Yeah, I can. You're right. That's yeah. true. I just make a playlist of, I'll just call it the real, maybe yeah. I'll just call it Mitsubishi Macchiato. Now, that's the move. You have that's to call it Mitsubishi Macchiato. <laughs> Working title. And it's the whole thing. You're going to make it, and I'm never going to listen to it because I'm going <laughs> to listen to the actual album, which is really fucking good all the way through. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I take myself too seriously. Do I take myself too seriously? Oh. Well, maybe. <laughs> if you have some sort of fucking narcissistic mental breakdown in the middle of one of your songs where you ask if you're taking yourself too seriously, then probably yes. Nate, you're so you you. I feel like you're you've been hurt by this. <laughs> I was, I you're was. A I feel like I've been jerking off for six years, and mm. a, when I went to come, there was just a big puff of dust <laughs> that came out of my pee hole. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck was that? That would be alarming. Yeah, <laughs> forearms as big as Popeye. Mm-hmm. At least the left side. Surely you have to switch off back and forth if you're going to jerk off for six years. Oh, absolutely. Unless you're like some sort of just freak of nature. Yeah. All right. I think we're just rambling now. Yep. I've been for some time, I believe. (laughs) Call it. (laughs) We're calling it. Time of Uh, death. 11.19 p.m. It's fucking 18 tracks of bullshit, too. It's fitting. (laughs) Just just stop. Just stop. I think that does it for us this time. Check out Mitsubishi Macchiato, parenthetical working title, and tell us what you think of the record by leaving us a review in iTunes. Follow the link in the show notes to all the reviews and music used in this episode to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to The Radio Cure. I refuse to give my lighthearted <laughs> little bye after that one. I'm upset. He. Fine. Bye. God damn it.